welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Adam. Adam Gobeski. My name is Charlie. Charlie Wallace. We've got three... What the hell was that? Do you not know your name? <laughs> oh, Charles I thought... Lee Wallace? I've never said it twice in a row before. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a Skype thing. That was a him thing. <laughs> Well, you still didn't say it twice in a row, Charlie. Yeah, I guess I never will. Huh. Wow. We're going to keep track now. <laughs> it's like it's like Bloody Mary. He says his name three times in a row. He'll appear you know, behind himself in the mirror. Bloody Mary? <laughs> yeah. You mean Beetlejuice. It means Candyman. What? <laughs> <laughs> Bloody Mary? Wow, these uh, mirrors get pretty crowded, huh? <laughs> hey, if this is a reliable way to clone oneself, I'm all for it. If you just throw a Beetlejuice in between, like Bloody Mary's, is that, uh, are you safe? Yeah. Well, what if just you're all at the same mirror, three of you chanting the different names? <laughs> <laughs> you want to see them fight it out. <laughs> Oh, we've got three uh, multi-dimensional guests with us. We've got Paul Wilcox. It's great to be here. Tony Huff. Hi. Uh, thanks. I'm Tony uh, Tony uh, Huff. <laughs> <laughs> and Doug Gobeski. All right. Let's start from the beginning. I'm Doug Gobeski. So we're here today talking about our 65th installment of the Mary Marvel Movie March. It is finally our final 2018 film the December 2018 movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the story of one Dennis, Spider-Man into, uh, who decides to become a poet. So he writes about uh, things that he knows, like uh, books and firecrackers and spiders. He does such a great job that they decide to take his collected uh, poetry they turn it into a book and it does well, so then they turn that book into a movie. But they adapt the movie such that instead of being about uh, firecrackers and books, uh, it becomes an action-adventure story about uh, multiple dimensions and uh, how Dennis has to stop everyone from being alive. And he wins, and then the book and the movie and the poems are all over. Wait, he wants to stop everyone from being alive and he wins? Yep. <laughs> he kills everyone. Wow. Including himself. A oh, real yeah. hero's journey. Yeah. <laughs> From Milan to Minsk. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the more hardcore Dennis stories uh, out there. <laughs> it's really a new direction for our favorite protagonist. Are you sure his name's Dennis? <laughs> doesn't sound like a Dennis to me. It really doesn't seem like a Dennis thing to do. Yeah, it turns out at the end, he's like, you've been calling me Dennis. But my real name is Dennis. And everyone goes, that's the same thing. And he says, is it? And they say, isn't it? And he says, no, it's not. And they say, it sounds the same. And he says, it's spelled differently. And they say, okay, well, how is yours spelled? And he says, it's D-E-N-N-Y-S-S-S. <laughs> and they go, oh, gosh, you're evil. And he says, I know. And then he kills everyone. For a moment there, I thought he was going to be named Denny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing, honestly. So, Doug, what's the real synopsis of this movie in three sentences or less? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a movie about family, friends, 
loss and believing in yourself set uh, against a backdrop of extremely colorful, multi-dimensional spider people and one incredibly wide man actually attempting to do the stuff I just said, you know, family and loss and whatnot. All right, but enough about Charlie's house. I'm the wide man. A, <laughs> like an interdimensional portal, like in your basement. <laughs> <laughs> right next to the to the podcasting cave. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're we're gonna throw it out, but you need one of those special tickets from the city, so <laughs> we gotta wait. Guess we're keeping it. <laughs> yeah. Gonna sit around here for another season. Not paying fifteen bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sneak it in the trash piece. By piece. <laughs> I guess that's a sufficient. Um synopsis nice job uh it's a cartoon there well it's animated i don't know if cartoon's quite the right word there are some cartoon elements there are but i don't know if it's overall cartoon is the right word you want to talk background you want to learn some stuff i'd love to i do all right so as far as multiverses go in comic book worlds uh, i think dc is probably sort of the original company to do this um do the short version but basically in the 30s and 40s the golden age of comic books uh they had particular characters flash and superman batman superheroes became less popular for a while and then they brought them back in a big way in the 50s with the silver age flash who was a new and different character and uh people were like hey do they know each other and so eventually they wrote a story where they met and it turned out they were on different worlds like parallel universes and so DC kind of ran with that for a while, and, you know, they've done various things with it. As far as Marvel goes, like, they'd have, like, other dimensions, but they wouldn't necessarily be other universes. Like, they had, like, Doctor Strange would visit, visit the Dark Dimension, or they'd get real tiny and find planets, like, in the subatomic world and stuff like that. But as far as alternate realities go, um, that doesn't really happen in the Marvel Universe until, like, the early 70s when the Avengers go and visit the DC Universe. Except, obviously, for uh, legal reasons and such, they can't just call it the DC Universe. So instead, it's Earth-S, I believe, and they're not the uh, Justice League. It's Squadron Supreme. But if you look at Squadron Supreme, you can notice the uh, parallels with the DC Universe. It's pretty clear. Wait, wait, wait. So it's not an official crossover? No, I believe, actually, there was some talk possibly about making it official and then the legal departments of i think dc and marvel were just basically like no this would just be way too much of a headache so they didn't have an official crossover for another uh, nearly 10 years i think you had stories like that you had um what if which was basically like alternate scenarios of famous marvel stories but that was kind of pitched not as imaginary stories but as like parallel universes that the watcher a particular character we kind of saw in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in one of the post credit scenes. He was pitching that as like, these are alternate realities. This happened in another universe kind of thing. But the actual sort of multiverse, as we kind of think about it today in Marvel terms, actually started in a comic book over in the UK, written by the uh, well-known comics author Alan Moore, who was writing Captain Britain stories in a uh, magazine called the daredevils and he uh really sort of introduced a lot of the stuff that we currently associate with the marvel multiverse uh the idea that there's various things happening in other universes that these universes have numbers so a lot of times you hear about the main marvel comics universe called earth 616 he's the one uh who came up with that name uh, asterisk there's actually a bit of debate about that but it's still in that issues he wrote ultimately so 
all that is a long way of saying that multiverses had existed in the Marvel Universe. And so, in addition to that, there were a number of various Spider-Man spinoffs because Spider-Man's super popular. So there was the Spider-Man cartoon. There was Spider-Girl, who was said to be in an alternate universe. Uh, Spider-Ham was a parody that uh, Marvel was putting out of their own Spider-Man books with Peter Porker. A whole bunch of stuff like this. So ultimately, in the somewhere in the 2010s, the writer of Spider-Man at that point, named Dan Slott, decided to bring all these characters together in a big crossover called Spider-Verse. Um, the story of which is not really relevant because it is complicated, but the upshot is that a whole bunch of Spider-Mans from various parallel universes met together and people really enjoyed it. Because, uh, you know, you got to see, like, the newspaper strip Spider-Man and you got to see... The regular Spider-Man, but also like the Spider-Man 2099 from the future, Spider-Gwen, uh, Spider-Man Noir, uh, 1602 Spider-Man shows up briefly. Spider-Man from the Hostess Fruit Pie ads, that Spider-Man shows up. So, that's wait, sort wait, of... Wait, the- wait, 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 you're, you're telling me that they were selling the fruit pies with a knockoff Spider-Man, not the real Spider-Man? Well, it just turns out that it was an alternate universe Spider-Man. It just wasn't 616 Spider-Man. I'm disgusted. I feel cheated. So that's the comic background for the multiverse. Miles Morales, uh, who is Spider-Man primarily in this movie, was a creation of Brian Michael Bendis and uh, Sarah Pacelli, I think. Basically, in the wake of uh, Barack Obama being elected to president, um, the higher-ups at Marvel kind of said, you know, this is a cool thing, our first African-American president. Maybe we should look at switching up some of our own heroes and, you know, make maybe making them, like, people of color. And so Spider-Man was the one they sort of initially landed on. He actually started out in the Ultimates universe, which is a separate reality from the main Marvel continuity. And broadly speaking, the beats of his storyline are the same as in the movie. A lot of the details are different, but very broadly, that's kind of the same thing happening. Uh, Modulo, there wasn't a multiversal crossover when he first came in. So that's the background of the comics, roughly. As far as the movie goes, uh, basically, um, the then has head of Sony Pictures, uh, Amy Pascal, basically approached uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who I think at that point probably were best known for things like the Lego movie and 21 Jump Street. But I suspect it's the Lego movie is what really interested Amy Pascal. She basically said, would you be willing to do an animated Spider-Man movie for us? And they went away and discussed it. And they came back and they said, uh, only if we can do Miles Morales and if we can do Spider-Verse. And uh, Amy Pascal said, okay, sure. And so they went ahead and made the movie. You know, like I said, we're losing a lot of details here. But that's the background of how this project, this movie came to be. I guess we'll start in the usual spot and ask everyone, had you seen this before? Uh, No, I didn't. And actually, I thought this was... Like the next iteration of the Tom Holland, so I was was like, "Am I watching the right movie?" (laughs) Like, I was watching off of somebody's Plex, so I'm like, "It could be (laughs) a parody." I don't know. (laughs) So, but no, I had not seen it. That's my custom mix. Yeah. I did Google it and to verify that it was uh, an animated <laughs> movie. So, hey Siri, am I watching the right movie? <laughs> <laughs> Let me check. 
you're not watching Red Notice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have seen this a few times. I somehow missed it in the theater. I bought the Blu-ray when it came out, or soon after. And, oh, I didn't uh, realize you were double dipping when you bought that four pack. Yeah, but only on that movie because I bought the 4K copy of uh, Spider Verse. Ah. But I mostly bought this for uh, this uh, four pack for Venom, really. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, they make you get Venom, huh? <laughs> that's what the guy at the counter said. I probably told you that story. That's why I said it. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I wasn't sure. He just like, this is what happens when you buy Venom as someone who's bought Venom. <laughs> the, the guy at the counter always says something. But yeah, um, you know, I've watched it on uh, on home video in one, in one format and another probably about uh, three times prior to this and then just this last time as well. Did you transfer it to VHS and watch it like that? Um, I haven't yet, but I think it could work. I think it would. I think it would be really something. Everybody should experience their favorite modern media on a CRT. I think as a pan and scan. <laughs> My, I have. I mean, I have to custom edit these. My pan and scan fan edit. <laughs> I had seen the movie in theaters before and uh, really enjoyed it uh, to the point that uh, I'm pretty sure I bought the Blu-ray the week it came out, and I uh, actually. Spent a couple extra dollars to get the the Target exclusive version that came with a little art book with it because I liked the movie that much. So and you know watched it a couple times since. Uh, I saw this in the theaters. I just you saw one of these in the theaters. I did. Yeah. Oh, was it Cara's idea? No, no. This was actually my idea. I didn't know the movie was going to exist at all, and all of a sudden I started hearing about it and seeing really good reviews and set people saying go see it in theaters so it's like okay oh, why not oh i get it you you watched it because it's academy award winning <laughs> it wasn't You're when like, i watched I it watch but... all the nominees <laughs> no i assume just because he's a real lord and miller head oh that's true i am cars cars a big clone high fan true what does car have to do with it don't try and hide behind her <laughs> no no i i, I love Embrace the jump streets yeah have you uh finished your solo fan edit that's only the parts you think were lord and miller (laughs) only the funny parts (laughs) (laughs) only the parts that seemed like they took multiple takes but yeah that was that was the only only time i saw it though well i hope you watched it for the podcast uh i did so one and only time i saw it before yesterday um i saw it in theaters back when it came out i picked it up on blu-ray for like four dollars same time i picked up venom for four (laughs) dollars Tough sell, right? They made you buy Venom? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it was really weird because it was actually, it wasn't even part of a pack. It was just, you know, you put one into the cart and the the Venom just suddenly (laughs) appears in the cart with it. But they charged you for it. Yeah, they charge you extra for it, though. They're like, this is a package deal. (laughs) So I watched it, I don't know, like on Blu-ray once or twice as well and then watched it again today. So yeah, the, uh, some big important things happen in this movie. Uh, I think the the most important one is we get the fourth and final Chris into the Marvel universe. Oh, I guess that's true. And that's Chris Pine as the original Spider Man. Oh, okay. The the universe in universe. Uh, yeah. Main universe we're introduced to. I guess. <laughs> yeah, the one who does the Spider Man three dance that we don't talk about. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
but sometimes we do talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when he did his introduction, I noted that they didn't actually show Uncle Ben dying. They just showed him like walking away from the uh, viewpoint, you know, from the screen. And I was just thinking to myself, like, so did he actually die or did he just go out for cigarettes and never come back? <laughs> Yeah, this is the different one, Doug. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's a different universe, yeah. right? So, yeah, you know the story. The one that's different from all the ones you've heard before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. I mean, yeah, we do get that this later. Is, come on, man. This is the first blonde Spider-Man we've seen. So yeah, that's true. I, I think he might actually be a different guy. And then later I realized they probably didn't want, they probably just didn't show it because they didn't want to have two uncle murders in one movie. That'd be too obvious that the other uncle murder was coming later. I just mean that they didn't want to have protests at the movie theaters by America's uncles. (laughs) (laughs) I think if you have more than one uncle murder, it becomes R automatically. <laughs> it's all those uncles sitting on the ratings. <laughs> Why do we get an R rating? Oh, for Uncle Side. <laughs> now I want to know what Uncle Side is. <laughs> oh, you mean if there's a fancier name? Avunculus Side. I was going to say Avuncle, but I couldn't think of. Yeah, same. Because I know Avuncular is like Uncle Like. Yep. But that just sounds wrong. Yeah. Kind of deconvoluted. (laughs) Stop it. So something that for me, uh, I'm not a big like animated movie type person, I guess. How is that possible if you're friends with Paul? Oh, we. He never lets me choose the thing that we watch. (laughs) Yeah, I I hold the controls. I'm he grabs the remote first thing walking in the watch door. Demon Slayer. Yeah, I, um, I'm the uncle. Instead, we're gonna watch Love Simon. Yeah. Me and Paul, I'm the uncle in that relationship. So <laughs> I get to you're hold. destined to be murdered. <laughs> well, that's that's unfortunately that is a byproduct of that, but of that trope, but. I get to hold the remote, so (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, uh, my question was, what were your expectations going into the movie? Because I'm not going to lie. Once 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 I wrap my brain around the fact that it was animated, they became very low. Um, I know that when I heard about it, I was like, okay, that's going to be whatever probably not worth my time but um buzz was pretty positive around this movie as it came out such that my expectations moved from like basement to like okay maybe this will be all right so yeah that's where my expectations i think were calibrated when i went and saw it the first time yeah like i heard about this way too late to not be just completely spoiled and like okay i gotta watch this really cool movie (laughs) gotcha Oh, I also do remember uh, thinking when I heard about it that I was like, oh, all right, this is coming to theaters. I guess we're going to watch it in the March. Oh. <laughs> I mean, they put the preview at the end of Venom. So was that the first time you heard about the movie? Mm, any paid attention to. Yeah. <laughs> Other than like, oh, I guess there's a there's another Spider-Man, but it's going to be animated. Well, you know, whatever. 
I'm sure I'll see it at some point. And then I saw the preview and the end of Venom, and I'm like, oh, oh, this might actually be good. For me, it was like, I'm like, okay, I was watching it and like kind of begrudgingly, I'm not going to lie. Not that I was mad at Adam and Charlie, <laughs> but I was like, oh, I, I wish someone would have prepped me for this. But I'm glad that. <laughs> well, we would have. I thought we, we told you Nick that Cage was coming. That? Yeah. No, 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 no. Again, I. I know it's me. Like no, it's, you're being you're being very brave. I get it. I get it. I'm <laughs> hey, not gonna punish you for the honesty. I was gonna say this is a, it's 100 percent on me. I'm just giving you guys a peek at my inner T- thoughts. I guess. <laughs> Tony, Tony, thank you for watching this film with us that had a an anime girl in it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I guess this is a long way of me saying that I really enjoyed it. And I'm actually kind of happy that I didn't have a lot of expectation going into it and just like allowed the movie to just like happen, (laughs) you know, because I I thought that I thought this movie was really good in terms of just like like a character development, just developing the story and like just storytelling in general. But then also just the humor is like hits my kind of humor spot on. So. I, uh, I I really enjoyed it, and thank you, Adam and uh, Charlie, for for not uh, prepping me at all. <laughs> well, I'm glad that this is the beginning of our uh, watching animated features uh, life together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not just Disney, Tony. There's there's a whole world out there. <laughs> right? You got DreamWorks too. <laughs> Now you'll right. know where all those memes come from. Right, yeah. <laughs> so then, You're like, what is so, DreamWorks' okay. face? I don't know anything about this. So let's go down this whole anime, <laughs> like animated, like uh, wormhole here, or whatever we want to call it. So is don't there go all the way down? Is there a particular genre that this is? Because um, and and maybe it was the streaming service that I used, but it just seemed very like like at times very real. Uh, like the the animation, and then at other times, very like just cartoony animated. Uh, they actually developed their own particular animation techniques specifically for this movie. Oh, really? Uh, this is yeah, really they, bespoke. <laughs> very. Yeah, they they <laughs> wanted to um, evoke the feeling of reading a comic book, and so they tried really hard to get that across in the animation. And the way it looks, so you sometimes you'll notice like uh, the sort of dot patterns like that's how like you know printing happens in comic books a lot of times occasionally like the colors will be slightly offset from the lines because of a like a misregister in like comic book printing and you know part of that's to achieve like a 3d effect as well but it's also partly because of stuff like that um they said they were animating both at 24 frames a second so on the ones and at 12 frames a second on the twos and they were so depending on like particular characters, like they were using that to sort of uh, evoke particular feelings. Like I guess uh, in the the scene with um, the Jake Johnson Spider Man and Miles Morales, uh, when they're swinging away from um, Alchemax, where uh, Kingpin is and Doc Ock, Spider Man is swinging on the ones, and Miles Morales is actually swinging. He's animated on the twos, so it doesn't look like he knows quite as he's not as smooth at doing it because he's never swung used the webs before stuff like that yeah that style then was created for this movie or invented for this movie or yeah pretty Um, much i believe this is the first mainstream movie with a lot of these techniques i think some of them like aren't 
necessarily bespoke, but are more like, okay, you know, like in the animation community, people have done, you know, some of these things before, but, but not all of them, not all together. Okay, but this is like the first iteration where it's like a full feature film. Like This is like the first place where a normal person would see all of this, this is, stuff. This is sort of like, yeah, the first place where all these sorts of things come together to try and give you that comic book feel. So then, I mean, so both of you are uh, are comic book fans. Was this something that was like, wow, this is really cool? Or did it like take you away from it? Um, I guess, what were your thoughts? Um, I think initially like maybe like the first five so minutes right it takes a little bit to adjust to it just because it's pretty different from how we normally see animated films both cg and traditional animation but i think once i got into it yeah and you could tell what they were doing and stuff i really appreciated it i mean just watching it again this time and noticing some of those effects more explicitly realizing that in the theater the first time i watched it how well those worked like that scene of them swinging like and having the different i mean frame rates essentially that like oh you can actually feel the difference between these two characters and maybe not put your finger on it at that time and then hearing it you're like oh yeah of course i was gonna say yeah just like listening to adam i actually have a better appreciation for the animation or that particular art when i'm watching because because i I think i'm like you adam and like i was kind of taken away from it but i think what actually like helped me like kind of get over it was when they had the and I forget what particular style it is, but like like the boom wham, like that kind of type oh, yeah. type, you know, things like where it was like for a person who doesn't necessarily, you know, know a lot of like comic book culture, or, you know, I'm not I, I haven't I never really got into that. Um but at least well, I'm glad you're doing the Marvel movies then. Right. <laughs> well, it, it just, it hit me over the head with like, this is like a comic book, you know what I mean? So yeah. I was able to kind of adjust and I feel like you just kind of get used to it a little bit um, as, as the movie goes and it doesn't take away. I, I thought it was really cool. So uh, it's actually really interesting to hear that this was kind of like new technology for the time. Yeah. I think I've heard they've subsequently broadly used this, um, uh, style uh, in the Mitchells versus the Machines, which you can watch on Netflix. Oh, yeah, uh, I would recommend that. By the way, that was an entertaining movie. I did end up watching that. Uh, really liked it. Yeah, that movie I think was using broadly the same toolkit as uh, Spider Verse. And then obviously, well, maybe it's not obvious. You did, maybe you don't know, but uh, there's a sequel coming out. Um, what later this year or possibly next year? Oh what? wow! And actually, I believe it's part one of two. So, what? Yeah. You know, Across the Spider-Verse. Across the the Spider-Verse, part one. So the other thing I think that this movie sort of the advantage that animation gives it is that it allows them to render the different character styles in their own sort of uh, particular idiom, I guess, without making it seem too weird. Like, so what I mean is like Spider-Ham looks a little more cartoony. Uh, Penny Parker looks more anime. Nick Cage's Spider-Man noir, right, is all very, like, black and white, sort of dark, you know, two-color, basically. And I think it all works in this movie in a way that if I think you tried to do that live action, it probably wouldn't really work. Well, I mean, Spider-Man noir would, but... Right, but (laughs) trying to, like, strike the balance of, like, a a Peter Porker who is cartoonish but doesn't just look like you're trying like suddenly like roger rabbit has entered your mcu right like 
That might yeah. be a real hard sell. I haven't, full disclosure, I have not seen the new MCU Spider-Man No Way Home yet. So maybe that happens and I don't know. <laughs> so, oh, when, oh, you mean when Roger Rabbit joins the, <laughs> the Avengers? Don't spoil it for me, Paul. This is not a Bookman's. You are not working at a Bookman's telling me loudly as possible all the things you saw in the new Spider-Man movie. <laughs> yeah, sorry I, I wouldn't want to do any like incidental spoilers you know where i just say something outrageous and it's like yeah it turns out that happens in the movie yeah it turns uh, out jeff goldblum's in the boss baby sequel what <laughs> <laughs> hey that's oh, your guys uh, fault for being so slow to watch that movie well <laughs> i thought you, you know, were fans i shut up in the zia bargain you doing that we still haven't second, watched but... it <laughs> I mean, that's the one spoiler. That's that's the only one. So anyway, Tony, getting back to what you were uh, asking about, one thing which did come to mind, this movie reminded me a bit of the Ang Lee Hulk with the split screen stuff. Yeah, with the frames. Oh, yeah, the... yeah. Yeah. I was like, I wait. I start complaining that before. none of their emotions made sense. But then I realized you weren't Charlie. <laughs> Wait, <what? laughs> we're just really picking up part old wounds here <laughs> it would have been great if charlie would have said it looks like he's animated on the ones and the other guy's animated on the twos <laughs> and i was like that's intentional <laughs> question question is penny animated on the threes uh, I didn't specifically say, but I wouldn't be shocked because it definitely did have that look to it. So that anime look. So I would not be surprised. Yeah, yeah. you're going to have to look that up. Uh, one of the things I think this movie does that's really clever, but in a really sort of not flashy way, is how it goes out of its way to make sort of Chris Pine the sort of archetypical, like, great Spider-Man Obviously, a lot of it kind of mirrors like some of the Tobey Maguire stuff because that's as movie going audiences, that's sort of what I, we associate with like really good Spider Man. But like, you know, he's selfless, he saves the world, he gets hit by drones, right? But, you know, he, you know, he's living sort of his best life. And so I think that's an, a good setup because then you get to contrast that with the Jake Johnson Spider Man, who's a little more schlubby. He's not quite getting it right all the time. Like he and MJ broke up, et cetera. Because I think then suddenly you get a more relatable sort of mentor figure instead of just like this impossibly like perfect, like on a pedestal sort of mentor that Miles Morales would have to look up to. And suddenly it's someone who's a little more um, accessible. Yeah, I think that's really clever. Um, I I would like to say that I prefer the Spider-Man who didn't die. (laughs) (laughs) I I well, I'm not. I'm not, I don't know if I'm talking about preferences. I'm just talking about in terms of like structure and stuff, like setting up like this is what Spider-Man could be. And yes. then they all contrast that with like, here's another way Spider-Man could be. He's not nearly as perfect. Well, I think because that also kind of gets to the point of the movie that they, it makes at the end, right? About how like anyone can wear the mask. You don't have to be perfect like Chris Pine or like Chris Pine in this movie, right? Like you can, you can be like Jake Johnson or Jake Johnson in this movie. <laughs> no, I, I definitely like that too, but I, I do want to say that um, in my notes, as I was watching, I wrote down loser Spider-Man. To know <laughs> what? <laughs> he doesn't like Chris Pine. He doesn't like people who die. I, I do like that though. Yeah. Lo- like I, and that's what I like, was referring to him in my head throughout the rest of the movies. Like, oh, here's loser Spider-Man. <laughs> but he gets back on it. He does. 
But how did we think? Uh, what did we think of Miles as the main character? Like here we get a new Spider-Man that's not even really at all the, like Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield or Tom Holland. I thought he was great. I think even just one of the first, or maybe it was the first scene we see with him where he's singing along to the song and doesn't know all the lyrics, but keeps trying to sing it anyway, just like instantly makes him relatable. Yeah. And I think too, it was, it's kind of refreshing to have a, like a, I don't know, like he's, even though he's kind of awkward in his new school, like the scene in the beginning that sets him up as like very like not uh not Toby Maguire, not like socially awkward <laughs> Spider-Man, you know, <laughs> like it's like, oh, it makes sense for it. I always like sometimes I always thought there was like just a little bit of a disconnect between like kind of the more socially awkward Peter Parker. And then like, oh, suddenly he's like got quips and jokes like Spider-Man. But I mean, it makes sense in, as part of, you know, kind of a superhero type, you know, transformation. And but yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was kind of a nice to see a different sort of Spider-Man, I guess. He gets along with people in his own neighborhood. And then it's when he's like out, like he he's taken out of his comfort zone in a new school where you kind of see... For me, the similarities between like the Tom Holland type character where it's like very socially awkward, very like, yeah. but he still has that like in him to like be funny or, you know, like he, you can see like, that's how he's trying to like get in with people um, at his new school is like through humor. Like, Oh, look, we're wearing the same jacket. And it's like, it's the same uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's like, yeah, but it's like, he, but he still is totally like, kind of kind of awkward kind of nerdy at the same time yeah right i think they did a really good job of like kind of asserting like the father figure being like i don't want to say like too hard on him but like hard on him to like you know i mean just how dads are right like just kind of being a little bit of a of a nuisance or whatever so i assume that when the uh the sequel comes out we'll find out that his dad died of uh covid19 because he didn't want to wear the mask <laughs> There was a no mask. Yeah, there was a no mask line, and I was like, "This does not feel the same in the 2022." It was funny. One of my favorite parts is that he's listening to his dad talk about things. He's like, "Uh huh, yeah, all right, dad, yeah," and he's like, he's like just going on this like diatribe of how much he hates Spider Man. (laughs) Like, (laughs) he's like, "Uh huh, wow." (laughs) Dad just sees. a glimpse of uh, of uh, news coverage on Spider-Man. And he's just like, let me talk to your son about Spider-Man. <laughs> Here, here's what we think about Spider-Man in this household. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, then, unfortunately, he has to go back to his... Do you really hate Spider-Man, Dad? This <laughs> <laughs> dad's like, ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't you remember? Guy sucks. And I just love how the mom was such a mom in that, like, Jeff. <laughs> He's like, what? He asked me. <laughs> I <find> my son. <laughs> yeah, I thought they did a good job of developing Miles as, like, Spider-Man. And then, like, there were people along the way that, like, just, like, gave him confidence. Like, I felt like we got to actually, like, they took a little more time to develop the confidence rather than just watching a montage of, like, learning how to swing and learning how to learning how to be invisible. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, mastered it, you know, for the rest of the movie. 
Like I, I thought they did a really good job, a good and like believable job of doing that too. I, I really like the moment where he goes up on the building and he's like <laughs> looking on the edge and he gets ready to like jump and do a Spider-Man thing. And the music starts to swell and then it cuts immediately to him going down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And just and just like Nat sound like <laughs> yeah he just nopes out of there <laughs> and his body language through the whole movie is just like so consistent like it's yeah. they just did a good job with that like there's a lot of scenes of him just like falling forward like running away from <laughs> yeah. things or like crashing into people a lot of a lot of great stumbling and tumbling yes and... <laughs> but I I do like Stan Lee's cameo that gives him like a little bit of confidence <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> but also really like sleazy salesperson. <laughs> yeah. I always love that little bit of Stanley sleaze that he brings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you yeah. sure it's going to fit? It always fits. And then like, it feels like the camera almost like zooms in or like, like, uh, focuses in on that that no refunds ever <laughs> <Yeah>. sign. <laughs> it does yeah. pan over. Does it? Oh, okay. It yeah. pans over. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I I really laughed hard at at that whole scene. <laughs> this is now post Stanley's um, passing away. Oh, this oh. animation is. Yeah, this movie. Oh. So oh. Stanley died in November 2018, and this is December 2018. Oh man, how do you feel about it? Are you okay? Uh, yeah, I think I've come to terms with it eventually. Um, I don't know what you want me to say here. <laughs> I guess, I guess, okay, does it detract from the cameo that it was fake? There was a oh, no, it's not, it's not fake. Um, he recorded it ahead of time. It just released uh, after he uh, Tony. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was like one of those, like, they took all the words he's ever said in the world and then, like, they were able to compile it and this was just like. <laughs> sort of Anthony Bourdain <laughs> style. Yeah. <laughs> Oh I yeah, thought... no, this is not. <laughs> oh, okay. That's why I was like, "Oh, how do you feel about that?" And then si- met with a little bit of silence. I love that moment. <laughs> that is all stayed in. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of this movie was just the. I think the writing is great. This is a really good job of getting through exposition and just about the most entertaining way possible. Back to Doug's introduction, just the. Wait, what? What? What is the quote? Last time. Yeah, here we go. One last time. Yeah, the being like doing that up front. So you're like, oh, we're just you know recapping Spider-Man. You already know about this, but then to be able to introduce the other characters that way, which you aren't expecting, just to use things for multiple purposes through the whole thing, and then even something as simple as like, okay, we have this laser portal device that's creating multiple dimensions that they don't go into explaining how that works. <laughs> I was really glad they didn't. I, yeah, there's really no reason to when you get to the end of the movie you're like oh they didn't explain that at all it's just something they were building well they didn't necessarily not explain it they were talking about it in his high school class yeah oh yeah, yeah. so I wasn't listening movie. in the same way he wasn't listening <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's what but they did a, a really good job of of doing some of the the uh, fun little science fiction stuff without it being like an info dump by you know, an engineer like sitting at a console or something. Yeah, that's right. There was no field trip to the the lab in this one. <laughs> yeah, no classic foreshadowing field trip, <laughs> where, where for some reason you're able to speak off into a highly secure back room. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I like how the the writing was. Like I, I guess I'm gonna bring up where I think I missed the whole thing. So maybe you all can help me with Aunt May. How was she? How did she get to be where all the spider people? Like how do they know to go to her? Because that's her house. Even Spider Ham and Spider Noir, like things. That I don't, don't know. I guess they have some in-universe equivalent. They must not have own. completely different yeah. maps. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought Lily Tomlin did a fantastic job in that role. And, That's and, accurate. And and like I thought that she brought an element to Aunt May that was just like really funny. Yeah, it was nice to have an Aunt May that was like, A wasn't oblivious and B wasn't like she was proactively helping. Right. Yeah. I guess had a fair amount of agency might be the way to put that. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that. And I like how she's just like when um, Miles finally like becomes Spider-Man and goes down there and is like, well, it took you long enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like he's in the family now. <laughs> I mean, so I guess is that's got to be part of the, you know, why, why that, you know, the main universe's uh, Spider-Man was so good. You know, he had this whole like underground layer over at his aunt's house and everything, right? It's very Tony Stark. <laughs> Yeah, he had a quality support system. Yeah, it takes a it takes a village yeah. to raise a Spider Man. He's like he's like Tony Stark and Doctor Strange in this movie. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> he's even got the Doctor Strange cape. Yeah. He had the cape. But like for me it was like when like why was he just like so like okay, I'm just gonna die now and here take this? Is because he saw the future. He knew what was happening. He read the script. Yeah. Oh, don't you want to know what I saw? <laughs> Hold on. Let's not kill him yet. <laughs> Tell me what you saw. Well, for that. <laughs> so how about Nick Cage? Love Back him. in the march again. It was, he was great. Like, yeah, how many of his... He didn't have a ton of lines, but I feel like he wrote, like, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching one of the special features... I think I've said this before, but maybe it got cut. But um, he, I was watching one of the special features where he was um, he was doing the lines and the and the directors were like, OK, like, that's pretty good. But, you know, maybe just a little more. And he'd do it again. They're like, well, that's on the right track. But, you know, maybe a little more still. And he was like, so you just want me to go full cage, right? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, pretty much. And so he was like, all right. So he did it. Uh, Leave Schreiber also returning to the march. Yeah. Yeah. Was that the thick guy? Kingpin, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Thick. <laughs> you know, I bet that what thick memes were probably pretty pretty big when this movie came out. <laughs> Canonically in the comic books, he's that big because he works out that much. Oh wow. That it's all yeah. muscle. He just yeah. he just never leaves. He just does shoulder shrugs all day. <laughs> yep, he's and a bench swole press. Boy. Yeah. And probably deadlifts. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, I uh, and flies. <laughs> he yeah. works those deltoids. It kind of reminded me of Super Colossal Big Baby. <laughs> Big <laughs> <boss>. <laughs> that's the next crossover. That's the, <laughs> that's the next Spider-Verse. <laughs> Spider-Baby. <laughs> Spider-Baby. I can't wait till we get to Boss Man. <laughs> boss Man. <laughs> get boss Baby boss... has grown up into a fine young Boss Man. <laughs> you got to get through Boss Teen first, though. Boss oh, the Boss oh. Teen years of the world. The Boss Teen years. <laughs>
watch Boston as he goes through his first breakup. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, did people like the other Spider Mans? Oh yeah, or the other Parkers yeah. maybe. Yeah, and Porker and Porker. Yeah, John Mulaney as Spider Ham. Oh yeah, I that was so funny because I was like looking up like like when like I was like, is that Nick Cage? And uh, yep, that's Nick Cage. I'm like, oh, that's John Mulaney. Uh, <laughs> don't have to look that up at all. <laughs> You want to hear my lame claim to fame? Yeah. Uh, so um, Penny Parker is played by Kamiko Glenn. Uh, I know her sister. Oh, nice. Why is, wow. she not on the, yep. why, why is she not on the podcast right now? Uh, I don't know her that well. Like we've met in theater contexts because they're from the Phoenix area. So she's done community oh. theater. So we're yeah, we're not on come on my podcast <laughs> level. But we are sort of like on, oh, hey, how you doing level. So do you we're on recognizable her, level, at least. Do you have her phone number in your phone? No. Oh, okay. Fair enough. But, but I have, I basically have no one's phone number in my phone. Not since, it's, uh, it's harder not to since get. Facebook took over, basically. <laughs> Hard to get those numbers in the oh, phone. Oh, I'll just anymore. message. I'll just, I'll just friend you and then message you. I, I, I don't use Messenger, so I guess we'll never talk. Okay. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's my lame claim to fame. Nice. <laughs> At first, I thought it was you didn't want to introduce her to me. <laughs> You're like, this is a friend of mine. <laughs> Sorry, you have to get through all of the pegging material, but it. Oh, wow. <laughs> it only lasts three hours and then it's done. <laughs> wow. If only that were true. <laughs> I thought all the extra characters showed up at just the right time. Nothing. This movie doesn't really feel like it slows. I mean, it doesn't feel like it's too fast paced, but it doesn't feel like it slows down either. Like there's no point where you, I felt like I was getting bored or, you know, things felt like they were too slow. How come all your praise is always framed in negative terms? <laughs> it's, it's not negative. <laughs> right. But it's framed that way. You're always like, oh, this wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen ever. No, it wasn't. I was surprised by that. <laughs> My expectations were very, very low. I expect to have a bad time. Wrong. Yeah. Everywhere I go, I expect to have a bad time. And when I don't, I, I make note of it. <laughs> Sorry, what point were you trying to make before I stopped all over you? <laughs> oh, uh, I, think, I think the characters show up at just the right time to keep the momentum of the movie going. Yeah. I, like, I, add I another layer to it. That it's like kind of just at the right time because it is it, it does feel i don't know that is such a hype like okay yeah we can push through to the end here like yeah keep the momentum going that's when it really feels like you're in the the multiverse you know because it's like oh my imagination you know i thought there were other spider-men you know and some are just having a better time than others but it it really like makes you think about what other kind of crazy if there's a peter porker then there's there's some other kind of crazy Spider-Man I can't even dream of. Spider-Man that's just a rain cloud, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> just, just think about this, Paul. Infinite possibilities. <laughs> yeah. There are infinitely many spider spiders. Spider men. spider people, yeah. yes. There, there's a there's a Spider-Man that is Paul Wilcox. That's true. Oh. Yeah, that's the whole point. Of the movie. Hmm. Maybe I haven't been bit yet, too. Like, you know, (laughs) Spider-Man would be a very different movie if Peter Parker got bit at 35. (laughs) He'd be like, oh, he he wouldn't be like, oh, wow, I can jump really high. It would be like, oh, I don't hurt a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And 
I don't have to take my meds anymore. Everything's fine. Wow. <laughs> my numbers just like got better overnight. Where's that spider? I shouldn't have killed it. <laughs> I, I got to bottle this. Make money to pay off my debt. I'm going to be real. <laughs> <laughs> Just a debt-ridden Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, I'm just envisioning the version where the spider bites Mark Zuckerberg and then he monetizes it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, well, wow, it really brought that down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like spiders, Zuck. <laughs> what did everyone think of the action sequences? They were, uh, yeah, they were great. I I thought some of the some of those scenes too made good. Like I'm specifically thinking of like the fight in Aunt May's house. It, it's like a little bit fourth wall breaking sort of ish, and that she's like looking into the different panels on each side as like things are crashing in each panel. And I mean, yeah. I guess you could think he maybe she was looking around the room at the four corners of the room or something like that. But I was like, oh, there was like clever use of multi-panel you know stuff within the action sequences too not just as like a not strictly like as a gimmick i thought it was pretty cool yeah and then they'll use that once maybe twice in the whole movie and not overuse it yeah again framing it negatively they don't overuse it yeah (laughs) yeah i never had trouble like really following the action and like tony mentioned earlier like the appearance of like the pows and the stuff just sort of in the background like where the hits were happening like i just kind of appreciated that or like when he um shoulder touches kingpin at the end it says hey and like the words hey just show up in huge letters behind yeah. him <laughs> that's a good callback i appreciated that they had some flips mm-hmm. i also liked when uh they typed in the password it was clickety clack clickety clack <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the monitor joke, too. That got me again this time. (laughs) What was the the monitor joke? It's like, you don't need to steal the monitor, too. You don't need the monitor. (laughs) Great news. You don't need the monitor. (laughs) That's a a great... Yeah, that's... That really... That that dynamic was was great. (laughs) And also, just like the... Yeah, the Miles. Miles, like the lovable dork. You know, he's like a really bright kid but like grabs the monitor you know yeah <laughs> it's like well <laughs> i know. i really like the the spider-man like jokes like there's just it's i don't i don't even know how to describe it but like when the is it the chris pine one is the so like when he's like dying and he's like it's fine don't worry and he's like <clears throat> he's like all right coughing's probably not a good sign like <laughs> <laughs> just immediately like oh, yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> i was like oh my god <laughs> And I do like how loser Spider-Man and Miles like get together and like you hear people like he's like just dragging him across the city. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like even the police are like, there's a little boy dressed as Spider-Man <laughs> dragging a homeless corpse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, they're like, hey, hey, kid, put down the body like. Yeah, like they think he's dug him up. Like, <laughs> he's a, a grave robber. Yeah. And then I like at the end of that sequence where they're laying on the crosswalk, and if you look carefully, Stanley is one of the people just sort of stepping around them. Oh, I didn't see <laughs> really? that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he actually shows up a number of times in the movie beyond just the obvious, the major cameo, right? But like he's on the subway at one point, stuff like that, or the train. Yeah, there's just, there's a lot of good moment like just funny moments throughout where like charlie you were saying just starts like 
it was just very entertaining throughout the entire movie that I just I never really felt bored. I I I could watch this again. I think like right now. That's pretty high praise. Yeah, it's only like that and Howard the Duck. And then the, there was another part where I think it was like during the eulogy where everyone's like wearing Spider-Man. Oh yeah. You know, and like they're like they're counting on. He's like they're counting on me, and the guy's like, well. Not you. <laughs> I think it's a metaphor. <laughs> and then he just does. He's like this. <sighs> like, <laughs> he's like, the guy doesn't understand. He's like, you don't know. You don't know my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just love that, like, there were moments where, like, as he's, like, coming to terms with becoming Spider-Man or, like, having these, like, weird powers, he's just like narrating everything and people are interacting with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also like how once he gets the the Spider-Man power, suddenly we start getting like the the comic book like yellow text boxes and like the yeah. thought bubbles and stuff. I thought I that actually, was a nice touch. I actually really like that part. I, I, I felt that was like a yeah. good like kind of like all right, here's here's where the movie starts. I like that we had a, a nice variety of Spider-Man villains without mm. necessarily having to flesh them out or anything it's just oh yeah you know this guy it's tombstone here you go yeah or uh, we've done green goblin that's enough we don't need to go into his deal he's just a giant mutant goblin in this universe so what <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but it also lets them play with the expectations like how uh doc ock in this one is a is a woman and I also really like the joke where he's like, so I'm guessing your friends call you Doc Ock. And she's like, well, my friends call me Liv. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an Adam Gobeski joke. <laughs> I know. That's why I liked it. <laughs> so is there anything you wanted to talk about that you liked from the movie that we haven't talked about yet? I liked how the, the universe that Miles Morales inhabits is pretty is like shown to be deliberately like different from our quote-unquote universe like instead of the nypd it's the pdny but it also means that there's lots of like little background gags and stuff like apparently in their universe they have a movie called from uh dusk till sean that's like a sean of the dead movie but i guess it maybe it's vampires or something in their universe that's seth rogan jockey movie right, <laughs> or whatever yeah. this keeps showing up in the background or John Mulaney and Nick Kroll have like a Broadway show that's like Hello Hi or something like that. <laughs> hello Hi. Uh, hi. <laughs> instead of Oh Hello. So I just liked the sort of attention to detail just kind of happening in the uh, in the background and sometimes the foreground too. Just to say like this this isn't our universe, but uh, it's close. But that means we get to throw in all these little gags and stuff that you might catch. I well I'm, I like that Banksy is in this universe then too. Yeah. Did did you catch that when the, like the when they get to the thing where it's all stoplights together and someone's yeah. like, I think that's a Banksy. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked uh, just like how hard on Miles, like Nick Cage's character, Spider Noir or whatever, was, and like, but then like as he learned about Miles, he's like, wow, hardcore origin story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know. I like laughed <laughs> out loud for that one. I think we've covered most of it for me, but uh, uh, I'll just add very colorful, very visually interesting movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like just a feast for the eyes. Yeah, it's a really nice movie to look at. And the final fight sequence, too, just that it's 
in that facility where they can just do all sorts of weird abstract things with the colors and the portals and different things popping in. Yeah, and all the Kirby crackle. Yeah. Uh, For me, it was, I mean, it's the scene of the movie that, you know, if you haven't seen it, they'll probably show it somewhere where he's jumping off the building and then the camera inverts and then he's flying upwards suddenly. Uh, that yeah. that really got me in the theater, and it, and it got me again here too. It was just, I think it's it's one of those one of those scenes you just remember. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that shot shows up in the trailer, maybe. But yeah, it's a great shot, and it's nice that it slows down for a moment to let it sort of sink in. Like you get the opportunity to actually like really enjoy the moment. It's not like a blink and, it, and it's gone sort of thing. And the whole movie feels that way. It feels like you actually have a chance to see the things that they want you to see. I really loved that scene where miles gets his hand stuck in gwen's hair (laughs) there's just something about the awkwardness of the whole thing and like how it looks like they're basically like grappling in the middle of the school and then that's the origin story of her like stylish haircut (laughs) (laughs) for how many times we've seen spider-man has to learn his powers you know with miles it was the you know it was just done i don't know just in a completely different way that they were able to, you know, utilize a lot of the animation to really drive that home. So ultimately, what'd you think of this movie? Uh, would you take a leap of faith and uh, try and save the universe? Or would you just say, you know what? I'm done. It's just going to all collapse into a black hole. Whatevs. <laughs> I guess, I guess I'm asking how many. <laughs> this isn't our universe. <laughs> <laughs> let it collapse. Cause it's not our universe. <laughs> No, I mean me. I mean preserve it because it's not our universe. (laughs) (laughs) But you know the other one works too. (laughs) How many goobers out of ten would you give this picture? I thought this was really great. I mean, I I came into this viewing already just having having seen it more than any of the other movies in the march. I think there's just a lot to really love about it and not a lot to complain about really. I mean, the, the animation is really unique and really cool. Like it's got an engaging story, good characters, character development and, you know, but also a lot of really great humor. I, I'm going to give this movie 10 goobers out of 10. Nice. All the goobers, all the goobers, all that are in, in this universe and nine others. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a really good movie. It's the story's well crafted. Uh, the characters are well developed. You know, voiced really well. It's a lot of fun. It's colorful. It's just really great to look at. It's fun. And then you know, just when you think it can't get any better, Spider Man twenty ninety nine shows up at the end. I mean, I don't know what you could do to make this movie better. So I'm gonna agree with Paul. Ten goobers out of ten. It's just, it's a great movie. Would watch again. So, I think, I, I think oh. I'm going to jump on the bandwagon here and go 10, 10 out of 10 as well. Pretty much from start to finish. Very impressive. Um, and uh, even just from doing the podcast, learning some things that, about the, the animation that I didn't know that make it even more impressive and kind of cool to, to have them uh, execute. So, um, and just... You know me. I love uh, love comedy, so this is uh, very entertaining in that realm, too. So 10 out of 10, goobers. I can't oh. wait to start our anime life together, Tony. <laughs> so, <excited. laughs> so I think what kind of sums up this movie for me is uh, when I got it on Blu-ray, I watched it with my mom, and she actually enjoyed it. It's like, yeah, I, 
feel like I could recommend this movie to anyone. It's just great. 10 out of 10 goobers, for sure. Uh, so, yeah. Everybody's nervous now. I know. <laughs> I know. I should have gone first. We should have let you go first. This is, this is, no. So, I, it's, it's a great movie. Like I said, I love the script. I love uh, all the characters and the voice acting. And the animation is just gorgeous to watch. I mean, that's what I was concentrating on this time. I think the first time I watched it, I was kind of, you know let it lead me wherever it wanted to lead me. And this time I was like actually watching and seeing what they were doing. And something like Adam was talking about the, you know, the color offset and like just noticing that they were using that effect, like to simulate like the focus of the camera. Like if something was in the foreground or background, they would change that. I mean, it was just, it's just really interesting to watch the whole thing. And um, yeah, I knew this a long time ago that this was going to be, gonna be 10 out of 10 i think Whoa. i i knew there was gonna be a movie and that this was gonna be the one so i've been i've been holding that back i'm not just jumping on the bandwagon i knew this was gonna be it but you guys nice. say the same uh 10 goobers out of 10 goobers wow oh a perfect viewing wow. wow this is this is unprecedented right yeah yeah no, it is, i literally yeah. just sorted charlie's and he's never given a 10 before i have not no, he's very He's either very reticent to give 10s, or he hates movies. I haven't decided which it is. <laughs> it was touch and go there for a minute in his explanation. Yeah. I know. I got real nervous when he was like, yeah, I should have gone first. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no that was just to throw one. you off the scent. It was good. That was well, good. yeah, it worked. <laughs> I, was, I was ready. I was like, if this doesn't get a 10, then I guess there's no movie that's going to get a 10, because nothing <laughs> coming yes. up oh, yeah, is as good as this. Nothing yeah, it's all downhill better, from yeah. here. When I saw it, it presented a problem for the rest of the march, though, because I was like, well, I know this is a 10, so anything else now, if I want to consider rating it a 10, I'll have to compare it to this movie. And I'm yeah, like, so uh, like, is that yeah, even like fair? Guardians of the Galaxy, you were thinking about about Miles, about uh, Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> I was enjoying Logan, but I was thinking about Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for joining us on episode 65 of the Merry Marvel Movie March. But before we go, I just want to say that I have a new, uh, I think I have a new number one Merry Marvel Movie March song off. Uh, and I, I think it has to go to Spidey Bells. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I really enjoy the end where he just like trails off where he's like, why did I agree to do this? I have a degree in chemical engineering. Yeah. <laughs> but he keeps singing it though. <laughs> right. And I'm pretty sure that's Chris Pine, right? Yeah, it is Chris Pine, yep. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, apparently you can get a whole EP, A Very Spidey Christmas. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'd have to, yeah, it's on uh, digital, it looks like. Yeah, so. Sorry, Home of the Brave and Howard the Duck. It's Spidey Bells now. Oh, yeah, yep. Wow. Well, you know, at least Home of the Brave will always have me. That's okay. <laughs> Some things you just decide and you can never let up on. Apparently they made a limited edition vinyl copy. Wow. <laughs> wow. Was it like was it like red or vinyl or it uh it looks like a picture vinyl. Oh nice. So anyway, sorry I didn't I mean I did mean to get us off track there with Spidey Bells, which I guess is technically called Spidey Bells a Hero's Lament. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So but yeah, thanks for joining us for installment 65 of the Murray Marvel Movie March. We are now moving forward to March 2019. 
And it's back to the MCU with Captain Marvel. So we get that to look forward to. So All right. hope you uh, stick around for that. Oh, and uh, Mary Marvel movie March Madness is coming up. Oh, Actually, yeah. Captain Marvel might be what kicks that off for two weeks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but any event, hope you'll join us for that. So enjoy. Uh, have a good time at what you're doing. Now that your podcast is over, you got stuff to do. I mean, you probably still got to finish cleaning those dishes. But uh, <laughs> what was that? That was you me Think, thinking that- about the dishes. Paul gasping, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> They'll still yeah. be there in the morning, Paul. You don't have to do them now. Why don't the dish elves come out and do my dishes <laughs> at night? I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yep, so I'm sorry that this podcast ended before you got the chance to finish cleaning the dishes, but yeah, maybe next time. I'm Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. A special thanks to our three goobers, Paul Wilcox. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great time, but... I love being a goober. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Huff? Uh, Thank you. I am a goofy goober. (laughs) (laughs) And Doug Gobeski. You already know the story. It's Doug Gobeski. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed us. You can find more of our uh, thoughts and musings on Facebook and Twitter. Or you can go to GobeskiWallsReport.com. You know, get lost in the the rabbit hole that is that website. There's so much there. Entertain you. Hours of entertainment, if you choose. Even if you don't choose, it's still there. America. (laughs) So, uh, side note. Anybody else think that Doc Ock was hot? Or is that just me? Who's Doc Ock? Uh, the, <laughs> the tentacles. The spider, the tentacle. Oh. Yeah, sorry. The the pneumatic tentacle lady. <laughs> I'll defer to Paul on this one. Um, hmm. Paul? Scary, uh, dangerous, uh, hippie science chick? With lots of arms. With lots of arms? Yay or nay? There's, I'm, you know, I, I'm... Smash or pass? Oh my! Uh, <laughs> Smash, pass, and kill. Go, Paul. <laughs> like, I I can. A lot of pulsating appendages. The appeal, <laughs> but not necessarily. You know, share it. Uh, no, I'm not saying I don't entirely. But you know, uh, I. He likes her. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I like her enough. She's all right. If we want to talk about cartoon ladies on a do a whole episode about it, we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we mentioned Roger Rabbit earlier, and it got me thinking a little. Okay. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> about Roger specifically? Oh, about Jessica Rabbit. Jesus. I, that's oh. why I don't bring up. That's why this is why I don't bring up Zootopia around Paul. I just because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I start t- talking about Officer Hops and Gazelle. <laughs> no, it's the Gazelle. He that's... brings up the fox. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Gazelle that always gets me. Yeah, I do love Gazelle. <laughs> What were we talking about before we started objectifying? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 